Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose show, where we put your health and happiness as our number one priority. I'm your host, Carrie Faith, and I'll be sharing a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to create your masterpiece called Life. I believe that with faith and inspired action, anything and everything is possible. And when you combine it with purpose, there is absolutely no limit to your success. I share my own personal struggles and triumphs while exposing global perspectives about happiness, health, and well-being. We combine talks around spirituality, psychology, and self-development to align your mind, body, and soul. Together, we connect, create, and transform from the inside out. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, tea, or if you're anything like me, a glass of water, or perhaps even some champagne, while we carry faith on purpose together. Hello and welcome to the Carry Faith on Purpose podcast. This week, I had the honor and the privilege of having a conversation with a dear friend and amazing human being, and we dove into dream analysis with Jamie Cromer Grew. Jamie is an integrative holistic psychoanalyst and certified perfect health Chopra instructor. She created windows to wisdom so she could teach about the unconscious mind and the importance of self-awareness in a community of therapists and coaches and other helpapreneurs or entrepreneurs who are looking to deepen their own inner work and possibly apply to their practices as well. I know that this past year, it has been a journey of deepening my own self-awareness. And I think that all the listeners here today could agree that 2020 taught a lot of us things about ourselves that we maybe didn't have time to go there in that deep space because we were presented with a new way of being and living and problem solving and connecting, right? So Jamie has come out in from being trained in hypnotherapy before she became a psychoanalyst. And she is a well-read professional, saturated in credentials to help anyone on their psychological journeys. While her private practice is at full capacity, and I know why, uh, she decided she wanted to take her service to a different level. And in this episode, we dive into why she has chosen to do that. 
And in doing so, she created the space called Windows to Wisdom as a spiritual guide and wants to help guide professionals to their unconscious mind. Who doesn't want to go into their unconscious mind in order to help lead a quality life and teach it to those that they help as well? Her private practice is in New Orleans, one of my favorite towns that I visited, and she is on faculty at the New Orleans Birmingham Psychoanalytic Center. Also, she is a member of the American Psychoanalytic Association, the International Analytical Association, and she is board certified psychoanalyst through the American Board of Psychoanalysts. So to say that it was an honor to bring her on this show is an understatement. And to say that I was honored within the past year to connect with her in a mastermind group has just been testimony to how important it is to get yourself into a mastermind, right? And to surround yourself by like-minded individuals. And little did we know that we do have a lot in common. And it's no coincidence that she's on the show today. So five fun facts about Jamie before we dive into the conversation. She lives in New Orleans, and she grew up in Scotland. I didn't know this until just now. She is a major fan of Ashley Longshore artist. She loves hiking and collecting heart-shaped rocks. Who doesn't, right? Love finding those messages in rocks along hiking trails. She loves a good zipline experience adventure seeker and she plays piano paints and even used to make and sell jewelry i'm not surprised jamie can do it all and she is here with us to share with her 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 wisdom and uncover the unconscious so without further ado here's jamie the basic principles of psychoanalysis and the importance of the unconscious are probably at the heart of what I'm trying to share. And, uh, and, the, and also this idea of mind-body-spirit balance, because I'm also a certified uh, Chopra perfect health instructor as well. So um, as helpers and entrepreneurs, helperpreneurs and therapists, we all need more balance in our life, especially like in very stressful times. So it's about trying to find ways to continue to have that balance. So today I thought I was going to share with you about one of the fundamental um, uh, tools and techniques of accessing your own unconscious, and that's through dream interpretation or dream analysis. So that's what I was here to talk to you about, and I'm happy to share whatever uh, would be helpful. And um, I certainly have a lot of things I could talk about, but maybe you have a question and However well, I you do have many, many, many questions, but the first one, which really stood out to me with your introduction and telling us about who you are and what you do, what was it that actually activated you to realize that you must serve on a higher and greater level? Because you've had a very uh, successful career and you've helped 
thousands and thousands of people for the past 25 years in a very needed space. But was there a specific time or something specifically happened or what really activated you to realize, okay, I need to do something different and more with all this wisdom? Well, I, you know, yes, I have a very, I have actually got a full practice. So I actually am not even taking new referrals right now. And I teach and I supervise and consult and I have a very diverse practice, but I think it became apparent over many years that this, so there's two things. One is this idea of equity and really wanting everyone to have access to good treatment and good care and good, and good information. And, um, and one of the ways that I did that over time was I had parts of my practice where I would offer reduced fee, you know? So if somebody was an artist and the only income they had was through their art, um, I dramatically decreased my fee and I, and I tried to keep it where uh, at least not more than half of my practice would be at some point in some reduced fee. So just fundamentally, that's how I've always worked. And it's been important to me, but several years back, um, my son almost died. And when that happened, I realized that in my, uh, pre- professional life and in my mental life, Um, There was nothing I could have done to prepare myself to have my life rocked that way. And the piece of my life that had not been expanded as much as what was really needed was my spiritual life. So that's what called me to go on a retreat. That's what called me to become a Chopra perfect health instructor. And this idea of mind, body, spirit balance and becoming what I consider a holistic, integrative psychoanalyst. And what that means for me is I'm not married to one particular psychoanalytic theory. I don't believe there's only one way to help people. Um, I believe there's many paths. And I also believe that if you're not taking care of your mind, your body, and your spirit, and you're not aligned with yourself and your values, then there's no amount of therapy actually, um, or coaching um, that's going to help you if you're also not eating well and taking care of your body and, and being aware enough of what's going on inside of you to kind of course correct. I think about it as we're on this journey and we have to be tuned in enough to course correct. And for me, the course correct was I needed to go on that retreat. And I realized, I mean, after 25 years sitting in my own chair, eight to 10 hours a day, every day, serving in a meaningful way, which I love, was also not the way I wanted to spend the entirety of the rest of my life. So that's what also was this calling that I could do something bigger. I could do something more, um, And that's the only way I can describe it. It was just a calling to take all that experience and knowledge and share it. So that's. Thank you for sharing and being so open and vulnerable. And it's interesting. I think there is a common thread when people realize they need to go out and serve at a higher, different level is that usually it entails something that is either tragic or something that in deal in endears. I don't think that's the right word, but includes like a life or death situation that really has us awaken that life is short and that our lives can change in a matter of a second. And so it just puts that perspective that life is so precious, right? And be mindful of what we're doing, what we've done in the past doesn't necessarily have to mean what we're going to do in the future. And so I want to dive well, that's in. Right. 
So I'm happy that your son is doing well at this moment, even though there's ups and downs in parenting. And like, I know having two children that never really ends the problems (laughs) in parenting, right? But what I want to really dive into today specifically is the overview of what's the difference Personally, I want to clarify from a professional like you, what's the difference between conscious and unconscious and then also subconscious? Good question. You know, a lot of people talk, first of all, conscious is literally what we mean when we say it's the, it's the thoughts and the feelings that we're literally aware of without much effort, they're there. Um, And it's, it's observable and, and available. Um, And, but people often substitute the word unconscious with subconscious. Now, the way I was trained and the way I understand it is I think of it truly as the unconscious. And some people think about subconscious as just the layer right underneath unconscious, I'm sorry, underneath conscious. So it's just like, in other words, it's a sub layer of conscious. I don't know. Maybe we could think about it as in my language would be pre-conscious which means if you just kind of barely scratch the surface, there it is, right? It's something we've always known and yet somehow it slipped temporarily. Like we have those experiences, like, well, I've always known that, but um, whereas the unconscious in some ways is so disguised sometimes that we really have to dig around and we have to explore to be able to really understand it or really see the messages or really to see a different truth. Um, Maybe we could talk about it as, you know, in the, in the happenings of our life, um, we're influenced by our perspective and our perspective is influenced by our age, by our developmental stage, the way, right. We don't even have formalized thinking right until pre-adolescence. So, you know, people can be very concrete thinkers. They don't have abstract thought. A three-year-old is going to interpret an event very differently than a 12-year-old or a 30-year-old, um, ostensibly you would say that it may it may range but so being able to understand and look back at the old stories and the old experiences and unpack them with our current mind and our current experience can really let us see something we had never seen before so sometimes our unconscious is actual repressed memories sometimes their wishes fears um you know Yeah. So it's like the range of that and it's hidden from view. And I think of the unconscious as like our hidden secret self. Right. That's so interesting. So the hidden secret self is the unconscious and then the conscious is what we're aware of. And the subconscious is where I, I believe in a lack of a better term term that a lot of people are unconscious of the subconscious, but it's easier to access in our, I would say, alert stage. Is that right? Well, I guess I think there are some people that walk around and I think of them as psychologically minded and deep thinkers, and they're constantly curious about their own mind in the world. And I find that many people who are drawn to this particular helping profession, that's, that's not natural and normal for them. But certainly there are a lot of people that don't even realize there's an interior, that there is anything to be curious about. And in fact, when we talk about dreams, one of the things that's very, which happens a lot is people have a dream and they'll come in here and they'll say, it was so ridiculous, or it was stupid, or it didn't make any sense, or that part wasn't important, right? And 
all of it is important mm-hmm. because all of it has uh, embedded in it little clues just for you. Yeah. So I have a question about what does it mean if you don't really remember your dreams very well? Like, I don't remember my dreams very well, but it's interesting because I have come to a point of if I am aware and ask myself a question, and I did this just a few days ago, is I asked myself a question right before I went to sleep that I wanted to know. Like, I think it was, what do I need right now in the moment to move forward? Because, you know, I, sometimes we feel stuck or overwhelmed, or I was confused, or I just needed that higher guidance, because I know it's always there to access. And so when I can be aware of asking questions, or even tell myself, okay, be aware of what's coming in, then I actually can remember my dreams better. But if someone doesn't remember their dreams, Like, I feel like through life, I haven't remembered my dreams very well. Why is that? Why do we not remember our dreams? And then we can maybe dive into actually understanding dreams. Okay. So from my perspective, I'm sure there's lots of reasons maybe. And that's one thing about being an analyst and the way I think, and this is what I want to teach people is like, there is never one reason for anything. Like if that's a good takeaway. There's never one reason. So if you come up with some reason for something, just know there's more than one reason. Always, always. So um, why don't people remember their dreams? Well, for some people, um, they don't actually really want to remember their dreams, right? Some people are afraid. (laughs) They're afraid. Sometimes I think that's me. I'm afraid to actually realize what is going on in the unconscious. Like I have realized I'm afraid of my own powers and that's what's held me back sometimes. And I think a lot of people are. Carrie, it's, it's, um, I can't tell you how often, I mean, so I do in my practice, I do psychotherapy. And so for some people, I see them once a week or every couple of weeks, but I also see people twice and three times a week, four times a week, five times a week, depending. And, and the difference between doing a psychotherapy and a psychoanalysis is a difference of having that deep, uh, getting that deep work done and getting that traction. And I don't know, this is kind of an aside, but um, I don't know if you saw this show on Netflix called My Octopus Teacher. Have you seen it? No. You got to see this movie. Okay. Well, let me just share a thought. It's a documentary. The piece that I'm thinking about right now is he committed to showing up every single day in the same place, in the same body of water, just to see what would happen. And he uncovered something about himself and this underwater world. And it's just an amazing um, show. But what I was thinking is about that is if we show up every day for ourselves, the reason psychoanalysis uh, works differently than um, a psychotherapy even. It's like you have more time to dig down. You have good company. And what I was saying about psychoanalysis is I think every single person that's literally gotten on the couch and committed to that level of work is afraid of what they're going to find. They're afraid of what they're going to think or what they're going to say to me 
or what we'll find together. Um, it's uh, It can be scary to go on an uncharted territory. Think about it. When you go on a trip, if you've got everything mapped out, it's a little less scary. When things are not as mapped out, you're not quite sure what's around the corner. So one of the functions, though, of dreams is it's the guardian of sleep, and it keeps people asleep. So one other thought I have is when people don't remember their dreams, it's sometimes they're not, they have disrupted sleep, and they're not getting good enough sleep to produce those dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, And for those people who are afraid to know, there's often what we call resistance inside, something that keeps you from knowing. So you might say, I want to remember, but deep inside of you're scared and concerned, about what will have to change in your life if you discover something that's often part of the fear Um, or you'll have to face something that was really painful or scary and you don't want to go there either. So there's a lot of reasons why people don't remember their dreams. But I will say what you did the other night, I don't know if that was prompted by my email to you too, but you know, I think people that say, I don't dream at all. I say, just when you go to bed, suggest to yourself that you're going to dream and maybe dream something important or relevant or something about what you need. Um, and, and know that when you wake up, you'll have the dream there to, to guide you. And in that vein, I always say, keep your phone and your notepad either to write or to type. Or for me, I pick up my phone and I, I literally dictate it into my notepad because if I wake up, I I'm still kind of groggy and I'll just speak into it. Um, it's not always very accurate. It fixes words around on you, but, um, (laughs) uh, recording it as soon as you wake up is really important because of course, you know, these things evaporate. Um, yeah. Yes, they do. So, so very quickly. And I think some of the greatest artists and geniuses of our time had all of their, ideas come to them in their sleep right and so I feel like sometimes you're right and I don't know if I'm yeah. the only one or if I'm strange that I want to just avoid actually what is happening underneath the surface but it just goes to show you how important that it is that there's resistance there and it's not something to be scared of right well, I think it, well, I don't tell people what not to do. Don't, I don't say don't be scared. What I say is it seems normal to be scared, but to try to be curious instead of judgment, judgmental about it, to not dismiss two things too quickly or jump to conclusions. Cause sometimes dreams can be very frightening or upsetting or disconcerting, um, <laughs> You know, uh, a young woman who has a dream about her father laying next to her in bed um, and what that might mean and or um, or the fact that you dreamt that you stabbed somebody in the dream. What does that mean? Like, am I a murderer? Like, so, I mean, I think there's these dreams that come to people and they're like, these scare me or these upset me. Like, I have no idea why I had that dream or that thought. And I say to people, don't take it at, at face value. Just know that no matter how upsetting or disturbing the dream is, that there's something to be decoded there that probably is actually less frightening. It's sort of like, um, you know, when you're a little kid and you're scared to look under the bed and really when you look under the bed, it's nothing really, or maybe it's your stuffed animal, right? And I think when people come in here, they're very afraid of what they're going to see, but really once they start to look, it's less scary. It's like the scary thing is the not knowing. The scary is the secret, right? It's not... It's not the actual knowing. Um, So I just say, 
I also say you will come to know what you need to know when you're ready to know it. Right. So you don't have to rush it. You don't have to rush it. And for some people, they don't remember all their dreams. And, um, but I just say, be curious and don't judge yourself. But by the way, the same process of understanding your dreams, you can do with your daydreams, um, and sexual fantasies. Um, right. These are all things that we create in our minds. Um, so you can be curious about all of that. Curiosity is such a strong word, I think. And it's something I feel like you brought up. Don't be, it's okay to be scared of it. It's okay to be fearful of it. It's just like doing anything in our conscious world is that that's really where we evolve and we grow and we learn the most is when we actually can just push through that uncomfortable feeling of, not knowing what's on the other side. And so you brought up something in my own dream that stood out to me is that I was, I've been scared of it. I didn't even want to bring it up to you, but when you said bring a dream that you have, so it did involve stabbing. Okay. So it wasn't me stabbing. It was like me in a car and there was some just, I don't even know what was leading up to this moment, but I think I was in a car, someone was outside of the car. And then I just imagine like this person, this face being like an ax to their throat. And it's terrifying. So what does that mean if there's stabbing in a dream? Does it mean one thing or another? Okay, this is a really good question. Well, first of all, I'm so glad that just my saying that made you feel just a little more brave to say it and think it because think about it. I think part of a part of what we want to keep hidden about ourselves, our secret thoughts, our, our scary dreams, all that stuff really causes a lot of shame and fear. And I think uh, that's one of the jobs I have when people come to see me is I'm ultimately becoming a impartial, not impartial because I'm very invested and care very deeply about my patients, but I am... Um, witnessing with them, non-judgmental, right? Kind of having a holding space. And I, and I use that word curious a lot because in terms of, uh, of a value I hold, I think if we walk through the world more curious, um, it open, it's a very opening kind of uh, position to be in. So you asked me about the stabbing and what it means. So, you know, there's a history to understanding dreams that dates back thousands and thousands of years, Okay. And in the beginning of time, they believed that it was like God's planting the thoughts um, or a portents. Um, but even as back as old as time, the Babylonians had a dream symbol book. Um, and if you go to the store you, or you type in Amazon dream interpretation, there's going to be tons and tons of these symbols books. So if you go and look it up, you could look it up and look up what is stabbing, right? Mm-hmm. But... And I think of those books as great ways to kind of plug in holes or get your mind thinking because there are universals out there. What's more important is what it means to you because your own experience of the knife, the only your own experience of, um, of the active stabbing, all these things can conjure up your own association. So that's when I talk about how do you actually interpret dreams? You would literally take all those elements you just talked about, right? There was a car. There was somebody, was it an ax to the neck or you said an ax, didn't you? 
It seemed like that. Yes. I don't think I saw the actual thing, but but in your mind, it was an act. So there's something important about the fact that your mind saw the acts, whether it was there or not. Now, sometimes there's secondary revisions to our dreams that when we wake up, we're revising it even as we're speaking, right? But even that, even the ways we revise tell us something about ourselves. So if I was going to have you, if I would, I could guide you through that, right? Like if I was going to unpack that dream with you, it would take us some time to do that. So I'm willing to do that with you, but let me share with you the framework. So everyone could do this. And that is you would, first of all, ask yourself, what is the overall emotion in the dream? And so for you, what was the emotion? It's interesting because there is a lot of layers to this. I believe this might take weeks <laughs> to yes, uncover. I, but I, you, I know, I know it does because I know how the unconscious works. It's a deep, deep reservoir of history and meaning. I'm trying to find my glasses because I think I saw a chat, and I want to make it's sure okay. if there's a I, question. I will. Mo- I will. Monitor Are you at- the okay, chat? So there might be a question. Okay. Um, so my point is, what was the overall emotion in your dream? So what would that be? Well, it was, I don't know what the overall emotion was. It was maybe fear or the unknown or enlightenment or love. Okay. So what I would say, the first thing I would say is your go-to is like, when you woke up, what was the feeling you had about the dream? So maybe it was initially fear. I don't know, but, but you can pay attention to all those other things because there may be elements of that, but you take the first thing that comes up fear. And then maybe you write down your dream and you see what's happening. There's been some injury, something's happened. There's some kind of aggression um, you, now you're using the word unknown, right? There's something about what a the, list, the major symbols going back to that were the axe, the car, um, the neck, the damage to the neck in particular, which makes you think of what? If someone were going to cut your neck, what would that do? Well, it would create it would death or it can even be something with the throat chakra. I feel like what? the voice, the pain. Speaking out. Yeah. So what is, so we begin to start thinking about what this means, right? Does it mean something about, you said fear, um, right? That there's maybe some aggression. You might start to wonder about, is there fear that there'll be aggression if you were to speak out? So, but I don't know, but I would be starting to wonder this with you. And if I knew you even more and I knew your history, I would write then already be helping you see how it was already attached to some story you had already told me potentially about the danger of speaking out um, or speaking up for yourself or showing up. Um, I mean, even this kind of uh, platform that we're on is you're literally getting out and speaking, right? So what is it about you letting yourself launch into this new part of your career that stirs something up? But I mean, I wouldn't jump to those conclusions because you're the expert of your own dreams. And I think that's really what I want to tell you. Like you can go get a dream symbol book, but the most important thing is your associations to each of those elements um, and really letting yourself do what I call free associative journaling about each element. So the two, na- the two major techniques uh, of psychoanalysis, two, two of them, 
there's more, but is dream interpretation and free association to say whatever comes to mind without reservation and without judgment, as if you're just looking out the window of a train. So if you wanted to figure out what an ax means to you, you would really, you would literally write down the word ax, and then you would just start saying anything that came to your mind about an ax. Let yourself do that for a few minutes, anything that comes up. And then you would do that same thing for each of those elements. And what's going to start happening is you're already going to start feeling something and knowing something. It's going to, the pieces are going to start to fall together. There's going to be a theme in the dream. And so that's, and the other thing is if you get stuck, um, another way to, there's many, many ways to interpret dreams, by the way. Um, but another one is to kind of focus on the actual verbs. Mm. I was, you know, I don't even know. We'd have to tell you, I'd have to hear you literally retell that dream, but maybe it's that you were walking and then there was stabbing and then there was bleeding. I don't know, but, and then you would just sort of look through those and begin to start saying, and the other thing is there's usually residue of the day, Carrie. Some piece of your dream is going to have residue of the day. So there might be something you watched. Maybe there was a program or you heard a story. And so you're going to look for the residue of the day. And then you're going to say, is there something in my life right now that's either a dilemma, a concern that this dream is speaking to, right? So you want to ask that kind of question. What is this about that's going on right now? So last night I had a dream. I was in a library floor to ceiling, books everywhere. And I was trying to either find, I need to look back. I have not had time to analyze my dream today. I've been back to back. But I was either trying to find or put back Freud's interpretation of dreams, which was a book he wrote in 1895, which was literally the origin of him using dream interpretation as a way to understand the unconscious. So here it is in my dream. That's my residue, right? I was thinking about coming today to talk to you. And instead, the book that ended in my hand was, um, oh my gosh, it's, <laughs> oh my God, Dante's Inferno. It was like, it slipped my mind for a minute. Dante's Inferno. So I thought to myself, oh my God, that's about hell. And then I didn't even let myself think about it. And then I, a couple of minutes later, I thought, wait a second, in Dante's Inferno, Inferno you literally are following a path through hell to find yourself, to find your true self. And I can think of no better real story of how, even just as you asked me today, how do you come to be where you are? How did any of us come to be where we are? That we've come through some kind of hell, every one of us um, in different ways. So I loved that, that I had that because that was a, to me, a good resolution of that dream in my mind. But even then, I think that's the thing. We have these ideas of how we're going to judge our dreams as good or bad. And I think it's just about trying to stay open. What is this message? What is this message? We're going to problem solve, you know? I think that in either not remember your remembering your dreams or remembering the dreams and then the dream scares me or scares somebody having a bad dream and even going there to try to break it down and self analyze our own dreams it's scary it's fearful and then how much moving forward if you were to do that through your techniques how much should we integrate this into like our intuition or how much weight should we give 
those dreams and that analysis to moving forward? Well, I, I think of it as a process. You know, people don't come here and measure their time with me in days and weeks. It's months and years and mostly just years. <laughs> um, so, but one of the fascinating things that's happened when I've worked with people for years is to see the evolution of a dream. You know, some people have what they call these repetitive dreams, right? The dreams you keep having over and over again. And one of the fascinating things that happens is when people start actually working on themselves and making change, the, the way that you can tell you're making deep internal structural change is your dreams will start to change. So for example, there was someone who had a dream where in the dream, they were in a fight with one of their family members and they were punching, but the, but the, but the, the blows were just glancing, barely glancing. They couldn't quite, they weren't effectual. Um, and by the end of the analysis, those blows were landing and they were feeling very effective um, though very much in touch with their aggression and anger at the happening that caused the dream to happen. There was trauma. And, um, and then at the very end, they were no longer fighting at all in the dreams. And in fact, had joined each other at a party in the next room. So there was a reconciliation between this disrupted relationship that went from feeling ineffective and powerless to feeling super powerful and effective, and then being able to let go of the trauma. So I think is there a way for you to work your dreams or have someone else help guide you through your dreams in that way? Yes, I think we all have the power to do that. But one note about dreams, for people who are very traumatized and there's PTSD and they're having nightmares where there's intrusive, like a source of very traumatizing material, um, not that you shouldn't uh, try to understand it because sometimes you just keep accepting it at face value and there's actually more there. But I also tell people, and especially for young kids, um, anybody, that you can change the outcome of your dreams also. So the way I look, the, the way I tell people to do this is I want you to imagine a different ending. You know, that so maybe this guy's different ending would have been being at the party and not actually even trying to punch his his family member. Um and you try to create that, right? So we do know that there's something about creating possibility. So can we create the possibility of the other outcome? And I say, yes. And so when people are really frightened, like actually I had a dream, this is very interesting. I had a dream the other day, um, somebody else had been telling me about their nightmares about bats. Mm -hmm. And suddenly in my dream, I don't have, I actually do not have nightmares about bats. Um, in fact, I don't have nightmares anymore. But I did at some point in my life. But in the dream, this person's bats came into my dream. And I literally turned the whole dream into a cartoon and just did my hand like this and just issued them away. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's more to it than that. Again, I'm telling you to analyze your dreams. And I've been so busy over the last few days. I have not actually journaled my dreams at all. But I love to do it. And it's something I really like to do. And I think if you're committed to a daily practice or as often as possible, you can really start getting to the bottom of your dreams. So for you, if you're having scary dreams, Carrie, and that's another way to manage them is try to think of the alternate ending, like little kids that get fearful and have scary dreams about being caught by somebody, right? The alternate dream is that they get away. So tell me about how you got away and then go back in and dream that you got away, right? So I think it's about understanding 
but we can also create possibility. We can be empowered to have control over our dreams in a way. Is that what you're saying? By And how do we do that? Well, in the same way that you intend anything, like if you go to bed and you say, I would like to have a dream tonight. I had a guy that I worked with. So in my efforts to kind of launch this new business, you know, I protect my patient's confidentiality so fiercely. And I have such a private, I had, in fact, my little girl, I have a daughter. And when she was really little, she was running around the house saying, my mommy's a spy. My mommy's a spy. And I said, well, why do you think mommy's a spy? She goes, well, you're dressed in black. I've never seen the inside of your office and you never talk about your work. (laughs) So, so I thought to myself, well, how am I going to translate this, what I do out to the world if I can't really talk about what's been happening, right? So when I do tell stories, I try to disguise aspects of the story enough, or I combine stories together so I can. But but I also decided to consult with a colleague that was not my patient, who actually did write me a testimonial because I thought, let me see how this works with someone who's not my patient, And he was able to make use of his dreams. And he was somebody who never dreamed. And I told him, go to bed at night, suggest that you're going to dream. And he's like, I never have dreams. I'm like, just try it. The next time I saw him, he had like four dreams. Wow. Powerful. I do do believe that it's, we can do this because at certain times, I almost feel like I'm conscious in my unconscious. And I've had that a lot more, I would say, over the past year because of I've been increasing my meditation practice and my spiritual practice. And sometimes I don't even feel like I get into, I get good rest because I feel like I'm being the observer of my, of my sleep or even an an observer while I'm sleeping. And I haven't really, in that, those days and those nights, I haven't really dug into the dream analysis, but it will be interesting now that you've given me some tools and techniques to self-analyze the dreams, how I can combine, you know, being that more alert. I wouldn't say alert, but just aware of what's happening so I can make more sense of what's really underneath the surface because we all have like those obstacles and those things that are holding us back and they really in order to work through them we have to do this work I feel like and it's not surface level right absolutely and you know dreams are the guardians of your sleep so that's another thing is if you just sort of let yourself relax your dreams can guard guard your sleep and that way you can just consolidate what you've learned in the day and have your mind problem solving and sifting through and filing and all the things it does to process information and, um, you know, and create meaning out of everyday life. I mean, that's also what I love about what I do is about creating meaning in everyday life through our dreams, um, through our experiences with people, trying to understand better our relationships with ourselves and others, like just having that introspective curiosity, you know? Well, I love the word curiosity. It's such a powerful, powerful word. And I definitely will have that on the forefront of my mind. Moving forward, as you transition from your everyday practice to serving at different audiences and to the greater masses, 
how and who is um, that you're serving and how can we get a hold of you to do that? I definitely will leave your free dream analysis okay. in this group. And I'd love to share that elsewhere. But moving forward, what does that look like for you in the coming year? Well, I'm not giving up my practice. I still will be teaching. I still consult and I'll have my private practice because I love that work. It's so meaningful to me. Um, but at the same time, I'll be um, expanding my business through the Windows to Wisdom free community. I will be adapting a paid community that's going to be more of a place where people can actually have time consulting with me and diving deeper. And I'll be doing, you know, monthly. Uh, monthly master classes and really diving deep. But in the free community, there's going to be lots of information around mind, body, and spirit health and accessing the unconscious. And I'm creating a community where people can network and share and grow and learn together. So it's not really just about me being the expert, but all of us coming together with our unique gifts and strengths and connections. And, you know, doing this kind of work can be incredibly taxing. Um, you know, it can lead to burnout. And we know that when you're in community with other people, you're going to build resilience. If you have more resilience, you keep from burning out. And all of us are trying to juggle personal life, work life, um, managing our physical, emotional, and spiritual health. And so this is a place where I feel like I want people to come and develop personally and professionally. And so, and then on my website, windows to wisdom.com, that's where I'm also going to be listing these future offerings, including courses and retreats. Um, and, you know, so there are ways that I'll show up and be able to be available and, and teach. Um, but yes, yeah. I look forward to learning more from you about your gifts and just the vision that you have is so powerful. And I look forward to being a part of it and supporting it and learning and growing with you. Thank you for listening and investing your time with me because I believe we are all here to learn, grow, and evolve effortlessly into the future. If you enjoyed what was shared today, I encourage you to subscribe, rate, review, and share because together we can do so much more. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Carrie Faith on Purpose to find out more opportunities to uncover your deepest why.